So if you want to hear more of our podcast, please click on jamesandsana.com and you can hear our previous episodes. And please subscribe because James has some good word of wisdoms every morning to share with you guys through that email that comes into your inbox. All right, honey. Are you ready for another podcast? I guess so. What are we talking about? Oh, I'm so glad to hear that contagious enthusiasm. <laughs> I hope that it spills over into our audience and they just feel inspired to light the world on fire with that inspiring response. Mm-hmm. Let's try this one more time. Honey, are you ready for a podcast? No. Okay, I'll take that. That's better. Than, <laughs> it's better than I guess so. It, it has to be decisive one way or the other. So, so what are we, we are. talking? <sighs> Why do you always talk when I talk? Because we are, our minds are in sync. And so when, <laughs> when I uh-huh. want to talk, you want to talk. And when you want to talk, I want to talk. Because <laughs> our minds are just so in sync with each other. Okay, let's start over again. Start what over again? Uh, our podcast. Uh, there's no turning back, baby. No, we don't need to turn back. We just start from here, right at this nope. point. I'm sorry. Our listeners are stuck with us, and they're going to get everything that we give them. Well, wait a second. A, what? Did, what? What did you say? What are what? we talking about today in podcast? Uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. But now that we know that you are not invested <laughs> in doing our podcast, at least I have a firm commitment. That's better than I guess so. You see, you have a firm commitment, so mm-hmm. I kind of play shallow. Yeah. On the background. Yeah. It's just like Jesus said to the churches, I w- want you either hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out. <laughs> so if you give me that answer, I guess so. I'm going to spew that out. <laughs> just ask myself, what would Jesus do? I would spew that out. That's what Jesus You see, I knew where it's going to go. That's why I said no. Jesus would also end the Fed. That's what Jesus would do. Federal Reserve Bank. You're, you're not American, so that's what I love about doing these podcasts with you is you're, you're not in mm-hmm. tune with these idioms of, of the American culture, so mm-hmm. I like get to educate you. Yeah, I don't think I'm losing a lot. <laughs> I get to educate <laughs> you on the fine, high, the high qualities of American culture. Why not? I should know about it. Yes. So I will know what it feels like to marry a dumb. A dumb American. Dumb American. <laughs> People don't realize that between you and you and me, we speak eight languages. I, I think it's pretty mind blowing once you think about that. Yeah, that's scary because <laughs> I'm thinking when I get old and I kind of start getting all those old age problems, I may not even remember. Mm-hmm. people around me and imagine if you come to me like honey it's me your husband and i will forget where you're from and what language i have to talk to you yeah you're going to speak <laughs> in french or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no seriously asana speaks eight languages and i speak english yeah but pretty much i forgot most of it because i always use english i hardly practice english and persian you speak a lot farsi with when you're on your phone with your mom, sometimes your sister. Yeah, and uh, I speak Indian language because my father is Indian. What language is that? There, I know Hindi and Urdu. So Urdu is um, another Indian language that is used in specific community where my father is coming from. 
And where are these languages like? Or do they originate from Persian language or? Uh, but Urdu is very much close to Persian language. So in Pakistan, they speak Urdu. They don't speak Hindi. But in India, they speak Hindi. So Hindi is the national language. Okay. And then Farsi is the national language of Iran? Or is it English? No, it's Farsi. But Farsi is spoken in several different countries too. Right. Countries that were once part of the great Persian empire, they all yeah. know how to speak. So is is Farsi, because like Latin is the root language of a lot of the Western languages, like Spanish, French, Mm. English, you all find the, if you do the lineage of these languages, it all goes back to Latin. So it's like Mm -hmm. Farsi, kind of like that, like a lot of the, maybe not the like Japanese and Korean and stuff like that, but maybe like the Middle Eastern languages, do you think that they are derived from Farsi or maybe Hebrew? I don't know. Persian language or Farsi is the oldest language. Okay. And uh, a lot of other languages owe to Persian language. But also you have to, um, I mean, you have to know history to know how the language is formed and how, how much we borrowed from other nations and how much other nations borrowed from us. Because okay. uh, when the Persian Empire was at its most expansion, it would cover half of Russia, half of Europe, Half of Asia, down all uh, north, northern part of Africa, and all the Arab countries. It was the biggest empire, and we never had any like that after. Mm-hmm. But then all the invasion happened. So uh, while all other countries invaded, we also adapted to their culture and their languages. So Persian language is really mixture of different culture and different languages. So it's kind of a, I don't know, bastardization. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's kind of like it's just. As, as various empires or conquerors have taken taken various lands, it's kind of changed the how it, its status in that part of the world as far as what's spoken. Something like that, yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh, some of the words we adapted to their um, languages, and some of them they took it from us. So yeah, it's really a mix of different languages. But is Iran like? Just like every other part of the world where you, if you don't know English, then you, it's like, is it kind of like the de facto second language? Because I know in Korea, Japan, you, you have to learn English. Yeah, it's the same. So in Iran, the education system is like, it's not like in um, America. So when you go to school, you have to study everything. You can't choose any major or you can say, oh, I studied um, my high school um, I got a diploma in science or economic or something like that. No, you study everything. And then when you pass the entrance exam to university, that's the time you choose what you actually want to specialize in. So language is also the same. So students, they must study Arabic and uh, Farsi mm-hmm. because the after revolution, the government is imposing Islam. Uh, even the constitution is, you know, built on the religion. So they are forcing people to learn it. And if you don't know and you fail, sometimes they deprive you from work <laughs> after right. you graduate from school. So you have to know, read, write, and speak Arabic. And then um, students also have to know English. Mm-hmm. And recently, not recently, maybe about 10, 15 years, they also added French and Spanish. So a lot of people, because they already know English um, and they teach their kids from very young age to speak English. At school, they choose 
either Spanish or French. So if you come to Iran, uh, you will be surprised that many people um, greet you in French than English because <laughs> a lot of people love French. It's really similar to Persian. It's very easy for us to study without a teacher. It, you know, I didn't realize just how... I don't know if it, I don't know if it's accurate to say how good I have it as an American. I would say it's kind of a negative because you grow up as an American and you don't have to learn a second language because English is like the de facto international language. That's you have to speak English, and it's that's just the way it's gone because of how politics has played out in the last probably five hundred years. And it wasn't until I really got to Vietnam a year ago in in August of 2019 that I realized just how good I have it. I mean, I had been in Asia. I'd lived in Asia when I was in the military. But even when you're in the military, you're just in this kind of, you're, you're, you're like in this protected bubble. And it's just really detached from reality as far as living in a foreign country. But uh, it, it wasn't until I got to Vietnam and traveled to other countries that I realized just how good I have it. Like I can just, with my passport in normal conditions, like non-COVID conditions, I can just get on a plane and fly to probably 98% of the countries in the world, show my passport, and they give me a visa right there. And I, when I saw the stuff that you have to go through just to visit Thailand, which is the next country over from Vietnam, it just made me realize I have taken so much for granted as an American. All right, so let's get down to business. I want to talk to you about how to be entertaining. That's what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. Wait, wait a second. Who, yes. you? <laughs> yes, me. I'm going to discuss how to be entertaining. Is that okay with you? I don't know how an RB... How, wait, I'll start again. I don't know how RBF can discuss about how to be entertaining. Well, okay, you, <laughs> you need to explain to our listeners all five of them, what exactly is an RBF? Because you've used that term many times, and I don't think people understand what that is. What is that? Yeah, but I, I, I'm not the one who chose that name for you. Uh, you most certainly did. No. It was offered as a means of helping you understand me as an individual. One year ago, it was mentioned once, and you have used it ever since then. So I would say that you have adopted it as your Honey. own. So tell us what RBF means. Like, uh, okay, so me and our mediator, uh, not the mediator, what is it, consultant? C counselor, I guess. Counselor. Yeah. Okay, so let's start again. Um, honey, so me and the counselor had one-on-one -on -one session honey, without you, have you to, there. Honey, honey, you have to understand that I don't edit this stuff out. When you make mistakes, I keep it in. That keeps it entertaining. So you may as well just keep going. Yeah, I would keep going, talking about calling you RBF then. Tell us what RBF means. Yeah, so give me a chance to talk. Well, I've been giving you a chance for three minutes, and it's like, just answer the question already. Yeah, okay, so I had a one-on-one -on -one session with our counselor, and he was just so much backing you up and, you know, talking so highly about you, <laughs> how much he knows you, and, you know, very serious talk, and then... Uh, you know how I am. I don't care if I meet you first time or it's our uh, hundreds of times meeting. I I have the same manner and attitude. So I was becoming a little bit, um, you know, like uh, relaxed and talking more, more friendly. So yeah. he was like, you know what? You're actually right. Me and my family call him RBF. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
And then he suddenly, after like talking 40 minutes, turn and start agreeing with whatever I was telling him about you. <laughs> okay, so okay, so our counselor, he was he was basically talking me up, singing yeah. my praises. Yeah. And what were you saying that he I felt that he needed to back me up? <laughs> Well, of course, I was trying to, you know, we are all human. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. So (laughs) since he was putting so much sugar and cinnamon on you, I tried to, you know, um, show the, you know, the bitter part. (laughs) Had to put a little vinegar to even things out, huh? Right. Okay, got it. So he was like, you know what, Sana? Actually, you're right. Me, my (laughs) wife, and my kids, we call him RBF for past, I think, 10 years. And then he started talking about the bitter part. So our cinnamon roll turned out to become vinegar roll. (laughs) So, okay. So what does RBF mean? That's what I've been asking. Yeah. So I asked him, what does it actually mean? He said, Sana, do you see how in normal situation, uh, James hardly smiles and his face Just is answer all the question, honey. Down. Seriously, I said, answer yeah. the question. I said, yeah. So he was like, it, it exactly looked like a rested bitch face. That's why we call him RBF. RBF is rested bitch face. It took, it took us six minutes to answer one question. Yeah, because... Wow. That's like... I have, I have to, to set take, the ground. Okay. All you had to do is answer the question. I did ask, answer Just the question. Just chalk it up to women taking way too long... <laughs> Using way too many er- words to answer one question. This is why women... Because you men take way too long to understand. So I try to no, cut it in piece bits so no. it's easier for you to chew. No, what you're, un- what you're not understanding is that men, we simply just answer the question when we're asked a question. We just answer it. RBF means rested bitch face. That's all you had to say. Yeah, but we I'm your wife. I know your thesis. emotions... I know your emotions, so I have to prepare you so you don't, you know, start putting, banging your head to the table and weeping. It was... It was <laughs> oh, Sana. <laughs> <laughs> Please take me back. <laughs> I'll smile more, I promise. <laughs> what I'm saying is that men, when they're asked a question... We just answer the question. We don't, we don't have to go into the backstory. We don't have to go through character development to just answer the question. RBF stands for rested bitch face. It's that easy. Yeah, but I have a better name for you. Oh, no. What is this better name for me? I always call you bitter ground. Yes, bitter ground. Okay, I like that. That's, that's very, <laughs> very endearing. Wow, finally you liked something I said. It's, it's very endearing. In fact, if I were to go back to one thing that attracted me to you and made me want to pursue you as my wife, it would be you calling me bitter ground. It made me <laughs> feel so good inside. Honey, that's a really good name for you because bitter ground is used in pharmaceutical industry Isn't to it? make antibiotics. Yeah, so <laughs> you have you have antibiotics in running into your vein. <laughs> used by the pharmaceutical what would you do if i were to sweet talk you and say honey did you know that <laughs> i come up with some crazy name for you and say it's okay it's used by the pharmaceutical industry honey now will you marry me <laughs> it's made into antibiotics <laughs> by the way <laughs> what are you doing tonight <laughs> 
All right. So let's get back to the topic at hand, honey. We're talking about how to be entertaining. Now, I personally have been entertained with this conversation thus far. Have you? No. Thank you. You're just backing me up. Yeah, try your best shot. Yeah, okay. Your credibility is shot. I'll take it from here, honey. So I'm going to go on a limb here and say the people who are listening in, if they're still listening, if, they've, if we've somehow managed to keep their attention thus far, it has been entertaining. Now, this is something that podcasters have to understand. It's a, it's a reality of having a podcast that we need to embrace. We need to understand that when we make the decision to start a podcast and to uh, hit publish on something that we uh, uh, that we want people to inspire, that we want people to gain some value out of, we have to understand that first and foremost, we are entertainers as podcasters. And when I sh- when I tell this to people, and people. I, I see people try to process this. I see people struggle to understand this because I think the reason that it, it's a struggle for people is they don't understand what it means to be an entertainer. You hear the word entertain. Well, let me ask you this, Sana. When I say the word entertainment, just just right off the top of your head, what immediately comes to your mind when you hear that word? Um, circus. A circus. You think. Uh, like what else? Just give me a few few others. Uh, Stand up comedian. Stand up comedian. Just silly jokes. You're just going for. You just want people to laugh, and that's what you think of when you hear the word entertainment, right? Yeah, and I also remember a few couple of teachers mm-hmm. who really um, had a very good uh, long term impact, positive impact in my life, and they were really entertaining. Really? Bringing education uh, into a level where it was no more a burden for students, but they always wanted to attend and be in a class before teacher come. What about these people made them entertaining? I think they really got whole grasp of the whole idea of reflective or proactive learning mm-hmm. in a class rather than teaching theory, putting a PowerPoint of thousands of words written on each slide. Right. They captivated your attention, right? right? Yeah, make it interesting. They made it interesting, and they did it in a way that was engaging, that made you want mm-hmm. to learn. Right. So these, I, I think these people understood their role as an educator, and they understood the proper role of entertainment as a way of accomplishing their goal, which is to teach their students whatever they want to teach. That's right. So, and I just love that you said that because I just like asked you the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the word entertainment and you said a circus, uh, mm-hmm. stand-up comedy. You think of like a, a stupid sitcom with a bunch of stupid jokes that are designed to just make you laugh and it's just, it, it, there's no gratification to it. And that's, that's the way people view entertainment. And, and so when they have a podcast and the subject matter is it's it's serious it's not it's the furthest thing from a circus it's the furthest thing from a sitcom and and you hear the word entertainment alongside like a business podcast or maybe a self development a coaching type of thing and it just seems like it just doesn't work the the entertainment 
and what I'm doing with this show, it, it just doesn't work. And I, and I hear people when they're speaking into the mic and, and they're, they're just like, there's some cognitive dissonance going on with this idea of being entertaining, but at the same time, we're inspiring people to live better lives. And so I wanted to talk about that on, on today's show. And the way that I understand being an entertaining, uh, being an entertainer isn't to, it, it's not about circus monkeys. It's not about handing out free candy or going for the cheap joke or just, just trying to, trying to dig for that joke because people are so dumb that they're, we're going to lose their interest unless we give them some silly, stupid joke. We have to do that to keep them entertained. That's not at all the way that I understand being entertaining. The way that I understand being an entertainer is you, just like your teacher, you understand how to keep people's attention. That is entertainment. Sometimes it's not even important what's the content of or subject of discussion or talks or lesson, but if you can keep the attention of your audience, that means right. you're a good entertainer. Mm-hmm. You know, speaking of a television show, one of the best shows ever in American culture, and you probably haven't heard of this one, is called The Andy Griffith Show. Have you ever heard of Andy Griffith? Yeah, I do. You have. You've, mm-hmm. Have you ever but seen? I think I have seen it when I was in school. But um, you know that for years I don't even watch movies and TV and stuff. So. Yeah, well, we don't expect you because you didn't grow up in America. Even me, the Andy Griffith show was on in the late 50s and 60s. And it, it went off the air before I was even born. But I grew up watching Andy Griffith on reruns on TV because it was just such a popular show. And even now, 50 years later, it's still one of the most popular shows. I mean, it's not the most popular show, but it's still watched. And the reason that it has that type of longevity is because it was so entertaining. And here's the thing about Andy Griffith. The show was very wholesome. Every episode had a moral lesson that you took away from it. And it, it, it dealt with not, not super heavy topics, but it dealt with some, some things that I guess were relevant to the culture at the time. But the way that they did it was that they, the producers of the show understood we have to be entertaining. If this show is not entertaining, then whatever moral lesson that we want people to take away, they're not going to take, they're not, they're not going to get it. So you have Andy Taylor, who's the good natured sheriff. He doesn't even carry a gun while he's doing his show. He'll go, He'll go hunting with his rifle, but he doesn't carry a gun while he's doing his sheriff work. You've got Opie, who's kind of kind of figuring out the world as he grows up without a mother. We don't know why there's not a mother, but that's just the way the show was written. Aunt B is kind of like the mother figure, kind of the glue of the... And then there's Barney Fife. Don Knotts was this kind of off-the-wall character, and the producers brought him on to give this, to just bring that legit entertainment factor to the show, and that's what made it so popular. I mean, it wasn't that, but that was like the the a key ingredient to making the show so popular and, and just so, such a, a mainstay in American culture 50 years later. And the reason it was so popular is just because the show was entertaining. 
And the reason that the moral lessons that the that, that were brought out in in the show is because they understood we have to be entertainers first and foremost. This is a television show. This is not a courtroom. This is not a therapy session. Let's keep things real. Let's keep things in perspective. It's a television show. We have to entertain people. And I was just thinking, like this past week, I was writing this blog article for a a, a little ebook that I'm writing called Podcasting Principles that will be available very soon. And I was just thinking about what if the writers of the show just it was just like one long lecture of of Andy, the main character, lecturing his son for twenty minutes. It could be the best, most moral lesson in the world, but if that's all it was, it would be unwatchable. You, you people would just turn it off. You can't you can't watch just a lecture for twenty minutes. And I think that there's a lot of value that podcasters today can take away from that it, it, it is understanding what it means to be entertaining. It doesn't mean going for the stupid joke. It doesn't even mean that you have to tell your audience that we're going to entertain you now. That That is kind of an insult to their intelligence. If you feel the need to say, we are going to entertain you, that is doing yourself and your audience a disservice. It, it doesn't help you. If you're just naturally entertaining, like you and I, we just have this natural rapport. Honey, you're making me sleep. Okay, well, I will get off my soapbox in just a moment if you'll allow me two more minutes to make my point. Is that okay with you? Okay, yeah. This is Sana going for the cheap joke. We're entertaining you now, people. (laughs) (laughs) My point exactly. So all that to say is that you and I, I don't know how many times you and I would just be carrying on, just having, a, just having fun, poking fun at each other, just laughing at life, right? And I think, man, I wish we had a microphone on right now and peop- we could share this with other people. This is just pure gold, what we're doing. And so now you, you and I, we just have this, we have this natural rapport, so we press record on the podcast and all we have to do is just be ourselves, and all the crazy faces that you make. We're just we're just <laughs> being ourselves. You and I are just we just have a natural vibe that's entertaining. We don't have to be anything other than what we are. We're not we're not going to get on the podcast and say, "Okay, people, we're going to entertain you now." That doesn't make any sense. And so, if there's one thing that I could share that I would hope that people listening in would would take away is that... Don't listen to me and Sana, to me and James. Yeah, everything that I'm saying is total bunk and do the exact opposite of what I'm saying is... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, if there's one thing that I'd want people to, to take away from this is that, yes, if you have a podcast, you have to embrace you have to accept the reality that you are an entertainer first and foremost. But it doesn't mean that you have to be, you don't, you don't have to cheapen your product, the product being your podcast, in order to be entertaining. You just have to make the pie with the ingredients that you've got, as the saying goes. You, 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 just, you just have to, like, there, there's a couple of clients of ours, uh, Wendy and Todd, and, and they're great together. And they say in the intro to their podcast, 
we want to inspire, educate, and entertain you. And that's that's fine. Like, that sounds perfectly natural in that sense. But if you feel like you have to say, okay, now we're going to entertain you people, and now we're going to bring on the circus monkey, we're going to bring in the cheap joke, we feel like you lack the intelligence to take away the value that we're sharing in this podcast. So now we're going to share some stupid jokes for you. And no, that's, that is the absolute opposite of what I'm talking about. Entertainment is when an individual or, or a couple of individuals are just naturally, they just have a natural vibe to it. And that's what makes you and me entertaining. We're not trying to be anything other than ourselves. That's, I mean, that's that's really what I wanted to share with, with folks is, yes, there is some confusion, especially when you have a show that it covers kind of serious topics. You just hear the word entertainment, and then the serious nature of our show, it, it, it seems like it's causing some cognitive dissonance, but I, hopefully that I'm able to bring maybe a little bit of clarity to what it means to be entertaining. It just means to be yourself, and it means to allow your guest to just be yourself. If everyone comes across as stale, as rehearsed, as, uh, oh my goodness, we're on a podcast now, and now I, I have to deliver value, just kind of let your hair down, right? And, and just be yourself. And the entertainment will naturally come out. And the more that you do it, the more that a, a, a couple of people who are co-host maybe, the more you do it, the more comfortable you're going to feel in your own skin, the more comfortable you'll feel um, with each other. And, and, and that entertainment just naturally comes out. Like Breaking Bad is my favorite show of all time. Better Call Saul. Don't roll. That, that sound that you hear, people, is the sound of Sana's eyes rolling. Because she thinks that I'm crazy to watch Breaking Bad. And I love you're it. You're addicted, honey. So? If you're going to be addicted to something, it better be high-quality entertainment like Breaking Bad. Do you remember how you made me watch Breaking Bad? I, don't, I didn't make you do anything. You were like, let's start watching a series. And then the next thing I know, you already watched it 100 times. Not that many. Let's not overstate things. Breaking Bad is a very extremely serious topic. Extremely serious, but it's entertaining. And they use and they use humor to to bring things kind of down to earth, but it, I mean humor is just one of many tools that they use to to raise the entertainment level off the charts. And that's why it's one of the top shows ever in television. They would use humor but it was it was far from a comedy, so it was just one tool of many that they used to bring the entertainment, the unexpected, being unpredictable, sometimes the banality of the circumstances where these huge huge events would happen. That's just that just added to the entertainment, being controversial. Uh, the premise of the whole show is is using drugs and illegal drugs, and they really tackled a lot of really complex issues in this show. And, and they did it brilliantly because they understood we are entertainers. We have to be entertaining or else no one's going to watch this. And they, they really covered some really, really heavy stuff in that show and just really, really, sometimes really graphic things. And it was extremely entertaining. And humor was just a very, very small part of it. So all that to say is... If you're worried about 
being entertaining. Put the circus monkey back in the cage. Put the free candy back in the cupboard, people. Just be yourselves. Speak about what motivates you. Speak about what fires you up. And the entertainment will come out. That's all I can say. What do you have to say about this, honey? Sweetness, baby, love of my life, my reason for being. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay. That that was... Well, just say something. Like, you can't just say, I totally agree with you. Yep, I agree with you. Well, there's got to be something else that you can add <laughs> to what I just said. Like, Okay, what I'm going to say, it's completely opposite what you just said. So... Go in your kitchen, get your candy out. (laughs) (laughs) Feed the circus monkey. Feed the circus monkey. And get it on, people. (laughs) (laughs) Feed the circus monkey and get it on. (laughs) That's the title of today's podcast. (laughs) Feed the circus monkey and get it on. (laughs) <laughs> what you really need to do to be entertaining as a podcast right. host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one more thing is be be um, the headline of your podcast title. That's what's going to hook people in. And, and if you, you're a couple, make sure you always disagree with each other. That definitely brings the entertainment value. <laughs> it's not going to hurt. <laughs> You're trying to be entertaining. It's not going to hurt if you if your wife just says the exact opposite of what you just say. Case in point, these last three minutes of our dialogue was very funny, very entertaining. And my puppy is snoring. <laughs> well, we have bored poor cinnamon to death, so I think it's snoring. It's time for us to to uh, sign off, honey. All right, honey, is there anything else that you want to add to this already dreadfully stimulating conversation? Anything entertaining that you want to add? <laughs> no, that's it. All right, like I mentioned before, I am putting the finishing touches. It's not like my magnum opus by any means, but it's a little ebook of um, what I call podcasting principles. And one of the principles that you'll find in that ebook is um, how to be entertaining. And all you have to do is just go to beatenpath.media, and you can get your name on that on the list for when it is released. I'm just going to send it out as an email to my subscribers, or our subscribers, I should say. Our subscribers will receive a free copy of Podcasting Principles, whether or not they choose to open it and read it and partake and get whatever value they can. It's up to them, but it's going to be sent to the subscribers either way. So this is James Newcomb, along with my wife and business associate, partner, managing director of Beaten Path Media, Sana Dory, signing out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for pressing play on our little show. To keep abreast of what Sana and I are up to, head on over to beatenpath.media. That's spelled B-E-A-T-I-N, path. Dot media, and you can learn all about us and you can follow our exploits as we bring Sana to the United States from Vietnam, where she's currently living. And there are even opportunities 
that you can find out about helping out with some of the financial costs with that if you're so inclined. Just go to beatenpath.media and just look for the About Us link at the top of the page and you can find more about us. So again, thanks for pressing play and we will see you next time.